Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Banished Zone, a show about flesh and blood with Bryn. And with Chris. And today we have so much to talk about. There has been a lot going on. Some of it less important, and we have less to say about than usual. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, well, it's not it's not breaking news anymore, so we're not going to get a get, we we don't get to get hot takes out there. We right. have to have cold takes. Yeah, let's be honest. We're going to talk about the bands, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like I'll just say it right now. Every time there's bands, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talking, a lot of chatter that kind of yeah. results in mostly nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find a little uninteresting. So hopefully we're trying to come at it, at it through a more holistic perspective. Sure. Um, but we are going to tell you about the bannings. I'm sure you've heard about them. Mm-hmm. We'll try not to drag too long about them. Unless this is the only way you learn about Flesh and Blood. Uh, in which case... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you love Banish Zone. Maybe you're yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, I don't like any of these other podcasts. Sure, yeah. Um, Sounds like a lot of people I know. What do you mean? Nothing. Just some people, you know, they prefer the Banish Zone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I like all the shows. Yeah, we like all the shows. Mm-hmm. But we have heard some people talking. They like our show. Mm, they're just rumblings on the street is what I've been hearing. <laughs> In our particular Discord. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the Discord, you can go to the Discord. Oh, yeah. And we have one now. Discord is a fun time. We it's got people hanging place. out in there. We got different There's channels. talking. Mm, talk about the meta. Talk about the, the cards you pull. We've got, will this air before? No, it's too late to order Outsiders. But we're doing a box battle. That's true. Um, for Outsiders. now, And uh, we're going to do a box break of Outsiders too. Yeah, you sold one box break or two box break box breaks. One box battle and one box break. Sweet. So we're gonna stream it at the shop when we open our own boxes. Yes. Very exciting. That'll be fun. That will be fun. We'll get a little peanut gallery watching. We'll we'll bring better quality mics, right? We're gonna bring these. We'll mics. bring the we'll bring the whole set. We'll bring all the setup and we're we'll, gonna be a professional. We'll show do it up good. Time. I mean, it still sounded fine from the phone. I think the phone is pretty good quality. It's but hard. It doesn't sound that good. We can do, we can do it better. <laughs> it sounded fine, is what I said. I didn't say it sounded good. Right. So the other big thing that happened, and the reason everyone's talking about these things, is that the ProQuest has is. It's over, right? So this is the last weekend. Uh, this weekend, yeah. By the time they hear that, it's probably wrapped up. It'll I think. probably come out Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so it'll have wrapped up. Yeah, that, that's that was the sort of impetus for bands in the first place. I think is that they got some like they got a lot data. of data. I mean, they had a, they had a couple battle hardens to go off of, which you know sort of probably jump started it. But yeah, battle hardens and then also proquests to sort of tell them all across different different places. Before we get into the whole analysis, though. How was your ProQuest, Chris? ProQuest? ProQuest, Chris. It's a little uh, hard to say. My ProQuests were pretty good. We yes. both played in two. We played in the same ones. We were going to play three. Uh, oh, right. Because we we went... Was it just last weekend that we played in the Battle Hardened? N- like, no, it was two. I mean, t- we didn't play this weekend. It's right. Saturday this this now. past weekend, we played in the, the regular Pro Quest. ProQuest. So two weeks ago. It feels longer than two weeks. Um, it's not. But we played the Battle Hardened on Saturday. We were going to do a ProQuest on Sunday and we're too exhausted from Battle Hardened. And then we had yes. a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday. Um, well, I think a big part of it is we didn't have a ride and we didn't want right. to wake up to take the train. And then there was one available locally, but it started at 9 a.m. And I was just like, I don't think I want to go. <laughs> we just didn't feel like going. It was, I don't know. It's not a big deal if I don't qualify for the Pro Tour. Right. Chris top-aided both of the ProQuests he did. I did top-eight. Which I was very proud of both him Both ProQuests. It was very fun. Uh, playing Fi. I brought, he's I brought been, Fi. If you've been watching the stream, mm-hmm. twitch.tv slash Banish Zone, 
Um, you know he's been practicing a lot. I've been pretty all in on Fi for, uh, I mean, not even pretty. Like it's the only CC deck I've played since like I don't know February or something. Or wait, no, February. Uh, by February I meant <laughs> I don't know November, something like that. August? No, you yeah yeah, whatever. I this, remember when I built fall. it for months. I've I've been I've I built it. I've been playing it on Talishar. I've been like tuning it. You know, tweaking it. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt really good to go to an event with a deck that was like, I had a lot of practice on. I've played it dozens or hundreds of times. I had a plan yeah. for every matchup, so it was like I, I never sat down and was like, felt lost. Oh, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that didn't mean I won every game, but at least I was like, here's what I do. Here's how I play. I didn't really feel I mean, like it I means made. You any... almost won every game, right? I mean, your first, you yeah. went four, first for pro quest. You went four one. I went 4-1 in both of them. So I guess each day I lost yeah. two games. Right. I lost in Swiss and then I lost in top eight immediately. Right. Uh, yeah, the first broadcast was fun because me and then two of our friends, uh, David and Alex from our local scene, also Shout made the top Patak eight. Patak and Citric. Yeah, Patak and Citric. And they're relatively new players too. You know, people who've been playing for a lot longer were at this ProQuest. Really good players who've been to Worlds and have, you yeah. know, high ranking ELO and have played in Pro Tours were at this ProQuest. And those players didn't make well, some of them made top eight, but people who've been playing for only months made the top eight. They're good players. Mm-hmm. They, but they've been playing card games for a long time. Yeah, I think that's definitely. It's it's very rare for someone to be new to they, card games in general and crush at Flesh and Blood. They were playing. They they got really into a game called Artifact, mm-hmm. which is only digital, I think, and it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but that was also Richard Garfield. That guy just loves creating card games. Yeah, he like. It's always doing it. He loves just starting up a card game and then dusting his hands of it and walking away, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of companies are like, let's get the magic guy. Because mm-hmm. I think that was a Dota-themed card right. game. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a slam dunk. Just like hire him. I so think... Just like, yeah, didn't they say the problem was that it should have been free to play and it wasn't? And they just like decapped themselves to getting an audience? I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Never I'm, will. Never had to. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So that was cool because a couple of our friends made the top eight and then all three of us lost pretty handily in round one and were knocked out right. of the top eight. Um, but I felt good. I mean, I, uh, I lost to Dorinthia who got off a glistening steel blade. Lexi? No, uh, Sean, I beat, oh, right. I beat Dorinthia in Swiss, but then I lost to Dorinthia in top eight. So it wasn't even like it was an unwinnable matchup, but it just can roll against you as Fi, And there's like not much you can really do if you're wanting to block. Um, and then I lost to a dash in the top eight at the next ProQuest. Were you just letting Sean get counters? Um, this happened fast. It, this was like the second turn or something. He played a glistening steel blade. And I did a lot of math and like calculated my risk and was like, I think I should try to stop this from hitting because if I can, then I, maybe I can win. And he had a route. And so he routed away my <laughs> card that I blocked with. And I, I, I'd use it most of my hand. So I lost the chance to play much. And then he still got like two or three counters or something. So okay. yeah, that was GG basically. Like if Dory gets counters at, in the course of the game, like she attacks, hits, gives it go again, attacks again, gets a counter. As Fi, I don't hate that because it's not that much damage. And then the next turn, it's not that much damage. Maybe it's like 12 to 15 or something, but that's like two turns that you can just tank and send damage at them and then hopefully kill them. That's like the best game plan, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, it did not work out in that situation. <laughs> I lost. And then the other t- other ProQuest was a lot tighter of a game. It was against Dash. The guy, Dave, was a higher seed, so he got to choose to go second. And I got him down to one. But he Also ma- a new player. A pretty new player, yeah. Uh, and he, he ended up winning the whole ProQuest. 
mm-hmm. uh, after beating me. Um, so and then top eighting the next day, like you. Uh, oh yeah, he had top aided at the Action City ProQuest the, right. the, on Saturday, and I think he made like top four and lost. And then the next day, he top aided again and then made it all the way to the end. So mm-hmm. I, that one felt pretty good because the only two people I lost to were uh, this guy Connor Rooney was his name. Shout out to Connor if you're I don't know if you're listening, but he was a great opponent, very very skilled Bravo player. Mm-hmm. He made it to the top. I lost to him too. Yeah, I think he made it to the top <laughs> eight and also lost uh, in the first round like me. But he made top eight, and then Dave won the whole thing. So, like, my only two losses were to people who made it pretty far. So, overall, I felt really good. You know, I didn't win. So, obviously, it would have been more fun to make it to the final and get invited to the Pro Tour or win and get the gold foil. But I didn't feel like I made any big misplays or mistakes or feel like I gave away a game that I should have won. The games I lost, I felt like... Well, there was one game. The very first game, the first day... I didn't put my Phoenix Flame in my graveyard. <laughs> and I can't that was believe you did that. An egregious misplay. And then I proceeded from there. That was round one. So I was like, well, I have to win every game. Sure, I'll just do that. And then somehow I did. I just won the next four <laughs> games, did not misplay anymore, made top eight. Good job. So that, that felt good because it just redeemed myself. Like I didn't have to be like, I wonder if I'd put in my Phoenix Flame, could I have made top eight? I made top eight anyway. Nice. So uh, yeah, it felt having a lot of practice on a deck, having a lot of reps, it. Uh, it feels good in that kind of setting because you have a lot of muscle memory that kind of takes over. You feel like you know what to do. Mm-hmm. It feels hard to make mistakes. Not hard, but like if you think carefully about your lines, then it's like sort of hard to mess up. Definitely good to be playing a deck that goes so fast because it feels like the 50 minutes is tons of time. So if you want to go in the tank a little bit, then you have the chance to like think through a turn and make sure you play something correctly. Seems a lot harder to play something like Bravo or Lexi or something where like you're right, drawing out the game. That's a big reason I didn't play Icelander, even yeah. though I played Icelander in the Battle Hardened and the Armory at the Battle Hardened or at the SCG Con. You've been playing a decent um, amount of Icelander, and you're definitely pr- are, we're pretty good at the deck. I don't know. I didn't really feel like I was that doing that good at Icelander. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was constantly struggling with the deck. Yeah, and you know, if I won. If I ran into a mirror, it was over. Like sure. I, I was just yeah. like, I wasn't as good as the other people. Although the only person I lost to at that armory was the guy who won, I think, the Battle Harden or like top aided the Battle Harden with Icelander. Yeah. Or Noah. Did, yeah, yeah. Or did, didn't he play Oldham in the Battle Hardened or at the ProQuest or something? Like, I don't know. Something. He definitely top aided something that weekend and was a very good He definitely, I think player. he top aided the battle art and i can't remember if he won the whole thing though yeah uh um, no that was one by uh jeff aka pokemoki 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 one hmm. um yeah i mean i think oh yeah pokemoki I, I i think icelander was is also nice very nice guy shout out to him um yeah i think it's just a deck where you have to be great to actually do well with it like you can't you know it's because like, i don't want to discount how well you played that you were good you were able to play that deck i think you could play it pretty solidly but that's just a deck where a misplay or a miscalculation or whatever it just costs you a game if the other person can take advantage of it for sure when so it's you have like, to be playing kind of a mediocre player to win or just how i felt sure you gotta play really tight yeah because it's like most people icelander is the deck with the target on its back that everyone is afraid of running into so it's right, like so people are checking against it and then yeah. it's already really hard so it just felt like a bad idea and I just didn't, I just knew I wasn't going to have fun because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't, I, I, my feeling was that I didn't think I was going to win. Like right. I didn't think I was going to be able to top eight with Icelander. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I was already going to be like at peace with it, I'd rather just bring something fun. So I was toying around with 
with bringing a brute mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and then I decided on Briar. Yeah. Um, I sort br- of last minute, right? Really last minute. I just, I, we watched a video about it mm-hmm. and, uh, about how people were talking. I saw Zach Bunn posting about, uh, mm-hmm. how he's like, Oh, I can play Briar. Yeah. Yeah. Still not. Everyone was like, She's basically living legended and just like, well, she's not. She's not yet. If you have the cards, you should play it. And why not play yeah. it? Maybe um, don't buy into it right now. Although Grasp is dirt cheap right now. So <laughs> I don't know. Not a bad time to buy one. Um, and I, I've said on the show before, but the very first deck I ever played mm-hmm. or bought into was Viscerai. So, and I love, I really loved that deck. Yeah. And, you're great at Viscerai. And I enjoy, I don't know if I was great at it. I was pretty bad. I mean, just cause I was such a new player, but sure. you, you, you were, you were just starting to get good when they banned him in blitz. That's right. And then they um, also made him shitty in CC. No, you were, you got pretty good in CC. You like won some games at the calling. I won some games. Yeah. I, I consider that good winning games in a calling when you've barely played CC. That's I pretty guess. impressive. I don't know. It's hard to remember. Like, I don't remember. I, re- I remember just feeling like I was winging it. Yeah. Like I didn't have a game plan. It was mm-hmm. just like, present damage it works sometimes and then just like i didn't i didn't i don't feel like i had like a mind full of like only block on hits know every other matchup like i don't i just didn't have that yeah yeah um but the game is newer then like i'm sure a lot of the people we played have gotten way better sure totally even though it was a calling i mean i think the the i mean at least in new york city it feels like the level of the level of competitiveness and and uh talent um the difficulty of other players has risen a lot within the just in the year we've been playing. For sure, it keeps going up. Um, so I, I, I was like, well, I could play Briar, have all the stuff for Briar. I wouldn't have to buy anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found, um, Nathan. What's his last name? Robinson. Uh, no, I think it's Crawford. Crawford. Nathan Crawford. Who's Nathan Robinson? The guy from uh, Current Affairs. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, not that guy. Not um, Nathan J. Robinson. Some other idiot. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Crawford. I think that's his name, right? A nice man. Yeah, yeah. Who um, kindly let me listen to a long Discord phone call oh, about yeah. like how to play mm-hmm. Briar. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was kind of on the call with him. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a patron of the card guys, and like right, he you, posted his you, list. You signed up that day because you were like, oh, there's going to be a list with a sideboard guide. I'll pay for it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, get a yeah. little list. Um and it was a really good list. Um, it's a cool list, yeah. Nice sideboard guide, and I felt like I just like, I was like, I'll have fun with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a couple games with it, mm-hmm. um, and so I brought that to the the ProQuest. Uh, the first day, I won zero games, <laughs> right? <laughs> which I forgot felt about that. pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I still had fun, and I felt like you hit some bad matchups, right? Like two Oldham or something, like an Icelander, maybe. No, no. In the no first Oldham. one, no Oldham. No. Okay. It was Dash, Lexi. Oh, Lexi uh, is a terrible matchup. Lexi was a rough matchup. That is so bad. I'm so happy I dodged Lexi on both of those pro quests. There were Lexis around, yeah. and I didn't run into any. Didn't you hit two in the armory? I, d- I hit two at the Battle Hardened. Oh, yeah. And I did beat one. That was my first round. That was like the, the crowning achievement of that Battle Hardened, round one beating a Lexi. <laughs> it's on top of the world. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think I fought two Dashes. Dash um, is really tough right now. Dash was it's tough. It's so fast. Um, I lost, I did not win a single game. Sure. Um, that was annoying, but you made top eight, Alex and Citric won top eight. So mm-hmm. I felt 
happy for you guys and mm-hmm. i was i wasn't too sad because i i literally picked up that deck like a day ago like, mm-hmm. so i was like whatever and then i went to the next pro quest and then i won my first two games yeah and that was very exciting that's cool yeah because um, i think people people were basically saying i don't know personally and not like a gem wizard but people were saying if you win your a first gem wizard what gem. if that exists <laughs> <laughs> if you win your first three rounds you're pretty much locked for top eight depend because we were playing a pro quest I know. with like around 32 people and so it's like you can if you get 5-0 obviously you're locked if you're 4-1 you're just locked i think there's no way because i went four. if it's a five if it's a five if it's five rounds yeah. yeah yeah and so if it's five rounds and you win three then if you lost your first two it's pretty unlikely if you lost your first one and then only lost at the end it's possible it three two you can like bubble but i think if you're three oh at the start it means you have such a strong record and you've been beating good players that it's pretty hard for you to not make top eight yeah so so my third game I, there was a lot riding on it and it was one of those games that i was fighting oldham mm-hmm. and it went so long that like everyone else was watching me and <laughs> yeah and my opponent was like his hands were shaking and my hands were shaking yeah it was like i got oldham to i think two something really I, low literally all he didn't have a b literally all i had to do or at least i don't think he did yeah i guess he probably had his crown of seeds i don't know if he had a b yeah he, he still had crown of seeds yeah mm-hmm. but uh i think i i think i basically had to like rosetta thorn him mm-hmm. once but you I didn't have like, quite enough life i right? couldn't do it i think he decked me too you were out of cards basically yeah you were um, like drawing all your blues you even had rights of replenishment for a fatigue situation i know and but i kind of quite... forgot how it worked because like i i had talked to nathan about um like what exactly are you supposed to do and he was like well you search for your other rights of replenishment you put it on your pitching a blue and then you can sort of recursively do that yeah yeah but you have to deal arcane too to so, yeah or you have to fuse it i think i think you were just at two because it cost two and i think you'd have what to like I needed to be doing is making a rune chant i think um mm, yeah make a rune chant and then attack with it and fuse it i think you were just at too low of a life is the problem by the time you got there you were at two or something I was at one I think. okay yeah so you couldn't really keep a three card hand to like attack and fuse so like it was tough it could have worked it was a very tight game and my opponent was very good mm-hmm. and you know that's a tough he, matchup he, for he, Briar. Got, he made top eight and also uh top four or two or uh, he didn't win though. yeah i believe after i lost to dave he faced your opponent fazio. chris fazio afterwards and yeah he was on oldham and i think dave beat him with dash it's yeah. kind of a tough matchup for oldham i think but that that was sad but i was like i could still bubble in for sure yeah two, uh, two one is totally then I fine continued losing. I, l- I lost to connor and i lost mm-hmm. to another bravo oh um, man bravo was so hard that weekend that, that was tough like so but i felt pretty good about my my and i feel i felt like if i had practiced more on that deck mm-hmm. i could have and i had a better grasp on the game plan mm-hmm. i could have done a little better maybe even top aided sure yeah. but um you know i think that's my problem is that like i'll play the best deck mm-hmm. i would like to play the best deck but if it's not fun uh-huh. i don't it's pretty hard for me to really practice it yeah i feel like and what I find fun kind of is winning. Right. <laughs> and if it's, <laughs> if like Icelander is the best, best deck. Mm-hmm. I Now, if I, if I had had all of the cards for Oldham, which I still don't, mm-hmm. um, I kind of think that might be more fun for me. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like especially the aggro Oldhams lately, it's like you're not mm-hmm. having to be super fatiguey and like pitch stack in most matchups. You're just kind of like, 
I block. I throw a red at you. I block a lot. I hammer. I throw a big red at you. It's dominated. Like you kind of just throw stuff at people and block efficiently and grind them down. Ice react is really cool. Right. So that's fun. Um, but we'll see. I, at this point, I'm sort of feeling like I'm just in, in it to have fun right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I hope is we get PVE sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And everything's going to change when it comes to outsiders. Outsiders is going to change things I've up a lot. Yeah. Just very excited f- to play Riptide and Uzuri, figure out what their shit is. For sure. Um, really more Riptide. I just, I don't know why, but like, he seems awesome. I've just been in a real brute type of vibe right now. Uh, I just realized Riptide looks like those giants at the bottom of Blighttown. You know, the guys the with ogre, the, yeah. the pickaxes and the, the Blighttown ogres. holding the big rocks. Yeah, he kind of looks like them. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. He does look And like he has him. a hook even, kind of like their pickaxes. He's got a hook. Is he going to have dung pies, I wonder? <laughs> He's just throwing shit at <laughs> people. Get people toxic, yeah. I mean, he looks toxic. Adult Riptide is oozing green smoke or something. Yes, he does. So yeah. I, the, 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 the curiosity around Outsiders just has me so so excited for the game very um, very exciting and to times, play the yeah. game and to make a new deck because i just you know i don't really get when people say like this deck speaks to me have i did we talk about that i say this on the i don't remember episode last time because it's like it's a thing that i've heard a lot of people say about prism they're like i think maybe fino black said it like not that we want to like talk shit about fino or anything just like <laughs> um no he loves it he loves having shit talked about him. <laughs> no, it's it seems most common with Prism players in general that it's like sure. they love playing Prism. Well, it's not just Fino. Prism players are nuts. That's what I'm saying. Like Leo is just like, all I want to do is play. Our, yeah. We have a lot of friends. Yeah. People who lost Prism are like, what do I play? Droma I doesn't, the game just, sucks now. doesn't hit the same. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the greatest games of all time. It's only fun if you're Prism. I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's a weird, it's a, it's a very different play style. So if you're not making auras and having spectra and stuff maybe people are just like not sure how to navigate i don't know but yeah we've talked about that that you've said you don't really know how it what it means yeah i just don't really care i mean like i think that the gameplay has to be fun but Mm -hmm. almost everything is and i i even like icelander's gameplay it's Mm -hmm. just like it's so grindy like the games end up being so grindy and so difficult and your windows are so small yeah um that it's just it just hurt my brain i liked it mm-hmm. but i wasn't i ha- i didn't have the time to practice that much sure yeah. um yeah i feel like there's a term that i only learned about recently there was someone it was on twitter i think they were like i know flesh and blood is like a fighting game because people are constantly having character crisis that was Bruno badman that was Bruno badman ham, ham, Sans- ham, ham sanson ham, ham sanson yeah great account shout out to him funny guy funny yeah. guy um <laughs> but i like it made me google the term and like read about it some and i guess it's the thing in fighting games when people are like not can't figure out what character to play like maybe because a meta is too open or like it's definitely a thing i've heard a lot of people say about flesh and blood in this meta like since prism hit living legend and since uprising came out like because before that like in you know last summer the starvo meta it was like hey play starvo you want to win a pro quest play starvo it's easy it's busted or prism if you know how to play right. prism that's broken or you could play chain chain's really or broken viscerai before they <laughs> or play viscerai before they bandage it but mostly it was just like here's a few busted decks play those they're all fun after that it was like you could play the best deck, Icelander, which is really hard and punishing. You could play Fi, which is really strong. A Pretty little close to a very, maybe the best deck. One of the best decks. Maybe a little Really linear. only kept in check by Icelander and Oldham. Pretty much, yeah. Um, maybe a little boring. You could play Oldham, uh, kind of hard to learn. 
very expensive expensive maybe boring i don't know it's just like like for certain people like all the decks are like "Eh, this one's not fun that one's not fun and uh you were also sort of going through the thing that after viscerai your main kind of became kano like you played only kano and blitz yes and you won a lot you won multiple armories i think you switched to playing kano in uh cc for a little while you were also good at kano and cc i won some games with kano and cc yeah you were pretty good like you were, you were a very good kano player but uh thank you the meta became very hostile to kano because you had <laughs> dromai like probably would you say that's the most polarized matchup currently in cc is kano into dromai i think if there's a dromai who knows how to play against kano and this is the thing about kano is that kano is Kano, so I really liked the game. I loved the game. Mm-hmm. Pretty much immediately, you know, it convinced me to buy packs and get into the game. Um, and I don't think I've told the story on the show, but when I was driving back with my friends Matt and Brad, oh yeah, from the calling, mm-hmm. the first pro tour, um, they were talking about Kano and how much they hated him. Yeah. And this was after Kano like top aided too, right? Like yes. so the Arsenal pass deck took the tournament So we were, every, he was on everyone's lips. And, yeah, yeah. And so I was fascinated by what they were saying. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, well, you can do what? Yeah. Like you just ev- all the time you can just, look at the top of your deck and then mm-hmm. play it maybe yeah um like they were sort of saying how annoying it was to play against and right gear started turning in your head and you were kind of like wait <laughs> i was like hey don't you want to annoy your opponent in a competitive don't game? you want to destroy them immediately yeah yeah um and so i started looking into kano playing it on on talishar probably um, felt table right or did, ta- did flesh and blood online exist at that point flesh and blood online existed oh, at okay that point. and that's super new that's how i started learned about like the layers and stuff and that yeah, was before yeah. i became a judge mm-hmm. um and it really unlocked the whole game for me like yeah. like everything else about how the game works mm-hmm. and how brilliant it is and what is special about kano to me is the flavor i think is off the charts mm-hmm. like I'm learning now that like, I think most of the, one of the first things I liked about the game was how the flavor really feels. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you're, with Viscerai, you're like, someone drew, someone who doesn't post a lot, mm-hmm. someone drew an animation of Hayden beating Oldham in a calling. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's just like, Viscerai, <laughs> Viscerai and Oldham in a living room. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Oldham is like in a little rocking chair. He's like sleeping, just, like, right? He's just like gaining life. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't understand at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's blocking and gaining life. And then um, Viscerai is just like riding on the ground. He's like, keeps drawing a rune chant over and over, right? And they they stack up. Yeah, and it's just like that, like little loop of animation for like 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, like, a Kamehameha wave comes out of the rune chance and then just destroys Oldham and Hayden wins. Yeah. Cause I guess um, at the time you had to like set up an OTK basically to that's kill That's what Hayden did Oldham. in that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did like 40 damage in a turn. Yeah. Cause Oldham can stop a lot of damage, but he can't stop 40 at once. And it probably was also back when Oldham's could be built super defensively. So he might've just been like holding a hand of multiple defense reactions and Hayden was just like not attacking. So he couldn't use the defense reactions. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't I I've I've always wanted to watch that game because of that. But that was yeah. like the flavor of like being a sort of like, oh, I'm making a little magic here, I'm shooting it with my sword. Mm-hmm. Like that felt so nice and mm-hmm. interesting to me that it made me start liking the game. But with Kano, you literally become someone who has arcane knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
um like literally in terms of like okay i put this on the stack i respond to this you understand the rules of the game Mm -hmm. better than your opponent and that's how you win yeah because like the actual fabric of reality Mm -hmm. like they're running at you with a sword and you can just be like you you're a whim a weakling you have 30 life you Mm -hmm. have no armor on yeah like in a dark souls game like in elden ring you can be a a sorcerer yeah but you don't you have bad armor just wearing robes and nothing yeah but then you can just be like and then just like destroy them yeah Uh, yeah, you have high heels on um but you can but your knowledge of magic Mm -hmm. is is the is the is your upper hand yeah and it's like people people literally they say the kind of thing that a warrior who doesn't understand magic would say they say brute shit yeah they're like i was gonna kill you you were dead i was swinging a thing at <laughs> I you presented to kill lethal you. i was swinging an axe at you to kill you and then suddenly i'm dead yeah and it's like yeah that was a wizard man they're not gonna hit you back with an axe that's not they're how that kill boss you. works yeah, yeah yeah and just like that idea was so impressive to me that it really made me fall in love with the game mm-hmm. kind of again yeah in a deeper way yeah um i really liked it too as like a an opponent because it's like i got to practice against your kano so much i part of the reason i started playing briar all the time is because i think at the time my two blitz decks were kasai and briar and kasai has a pretty rough matchup into kano briar has a solid one because she can run spell void too so i started right. like running briar and i'm like I learned how to play around Kano and it feels like a very different kind of fight where you're engaged on like multiple axes. Like your turn is not just your turn. You got to be safe and like hold back blues to defend yourself at stuff. Right. And it got some wins and then other people would just like walk into you and get crushed and be like, what, what <laughs> happened? This Kano yeah. sucks. And I'm in my head. I was always like, you kind of suck, man. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not playing this correctly. But it's like, it's not that they suck. It's just that they haven't played that matchup. Yeah. And they don't know that matchup and so, because and it's purposefully obfuscated. Um, yeah. And some people are like stubborn about it. Like I remember when we were sort of like learning about Kano, it was like, we basically, we hardly ever played against it locally. And people would be like, yeah, people would get really annoyed if you play Kano. Like some people dislike it so much, they will just scoop their cards and concede. Which happened to me. Rather than play Kano, be like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not playing that. And that, <laughs> that was really interesting to me because it's like, this game is such a game of like knowledge and learning and skill and stuff. So it was really interesting that there's there's a line for some people. Some people are like, I don't want to learn how to fight Kano. I don't want to know what Kano's doing. I just want to die if I run into Kano. <laughs> Which is, it's incredible. It's yeah. a, it's the cool, and it's like James White said that Kano was his favorite hero and it's 100% understandable because yeah. it's, it's genius. Yeah, the it's, fact that they it's like- It's one of the most interesting things I've ever seen done in any game. Mm-hmm. Um, like the amount of knowledge and it would be like if Elden Ring had a hero where you had to like input like Dance Dance Revolution combos just to do something really broken. Yeah. It was like insanely difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you had to code or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you had to like see through the matrix Hack to do the something. Game code. Um, yeah. And the fact that they were able to do that with basically the rules system that existed when they made Welcome to Wraith. Ninja. Like, yeah for ninja and guardian and stuff like they had to update the rules a little bit for instance and figure out how timings worked and stuff but it's like the framework of how the game works was ready for wizard which i don't think anyone expected when they first played welcome to wraith right and it's also very it's very exciting because i remember brian gottlieb saying something about that in regards to arachne like talking about how like 
he was like the the game system of flesh and blood can accommodate so many things and there's so many cool things coming in like the future in I this know. game like all the different like classes they clearly brian loves to tease he loves to do a little tease like who knows <laughs> they probably know how like cleric is gonna work and necromancer sure, and, like, got all this stuff being tested yeah yeah and so it, i'm sure all of it is like cool in the same way Kano is where it feels like it uses just like the framework of how the cards and the interactions work and then creates this really really flavorful hero yeah what's really interesting about flesh and blood in general now we're just gushing but like mm. uh, <laughs> uh what's really interesting about flesh and blood as a concept is that I've never really been a part of a game where the system is so flavorful or so so well designed that fans can already imagine how it works mm -hmm. like people say things like what if there was a shadow mech and it's like well yeah of course but that would be broken yeah yeah um <laughs> like the most broken but like you can be like okay what is a necromancer mm -hmm. it's like well graveyard yeah and then you have to recur but then maybe you have like auras or allies or creatures you know like yeah, yeah. we have all of the pieces to imagine and that seems also pretty unique i mean i don't really know maybe there's magic stuff mm -hmm. like this but from what I understand from magic players, from talking to them, like there wasn't really flavor like this where it was like, what would a merman do? Mm -hmm. And it's like the merman is just like, there's a bunch of them or it's whatever. It's a creature that helps other, <laughs> other, other merfolk. Like. Right. Um, but this game is so specific. Like mm -hmm. if you are doing this, this is how you move your arms. Yeah. This is what your legs would do. This is yeah, what your yeah. chest would do. This is what your, you know, your armor and your, and your banish zone and how it would work and what what you might need your arsenal from like you can look at riptide and we've talked about this too mm. you can look at riptide and be like he has hooks yeah we know arsenal is important to ranger he does have a bow but we also know he's supposed to be trap based so right is the hook a trap at some point and people like bill from the 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 living legend podcast mm -hmm. can say like uh you know what if he has like ephemeral hooks that yeah. he like creates in the arsenal mm. and then like shoots them and they don't come back. Like they just disappear out of the game state. Mm -hmm. And like the design space is so it's like floating in space where it's just like, yeah, yeah. You, you could do all kinds of stuff. Um, and you can follow the, the ideas of how they work. Yeah. And that's really special. Speaking of Brian Gottlieb, Mm. Um, we should get to the band. We should go back to the, yeah, we've wandered off track a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah. So what was banned? We have. So the band and suspended announcement was moved forward. Yes. Uh, it was scheduled for January 30th. Um, and this came out on the 24th. So it was, it was pushed forward six days. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason is, is because that it's close to the February 4th, calling yeah the calling in, 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 in indianapolis mm -hmm. isn't there also one in auckland or something yeah there is one in auckland pretty soon too in february yeah so that's another one i think that's not quite as soon but yeah um so these changes take place in two days as of recording mm -hmm. um on monday yeah january 30th um after pro quest season yeah um so yeah you don't have to like change your deck for your pro quests because that would be a little annoying <laughs> that but would be crazy for a calling you do yeah um Right. So it's like, I think, perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. They're looking at all of the data from the bat two Battle Hardens or three Battle Hardens. Yeah. And that one just happened today. But uh, same data, Oldham Mirror and Oldham One. Yeah. And it's funny. So everyone knows the big things that were hit is Oldham, Icelander, and Fi. Yeah. Um, 
the things that were banned that were banned were belittle winter's whale a- amulet of ice and hypothermia were suspended right those Sorry. two were basically Just to be like, clear if you didn't know amulet of ice and hypothermia are suspended winter's whale and belittle are banned yeah and i have think i've gleaned from this that banned means indefinitely until we feel like it doesn't deserve mm-hmm. to be banned anymore yeah or like the power level starts to come up or we feel like oldham is too whatever weak yeah yeah i suspended is just means it's banned until this thing that we say yeah They've, i think they set a thing now that i th- remember it i'm pretty sure when we joined the game seeds of agony was banned and at some point they were like we're switching seeds to suspended until chain hits living legend so like interesting technically cha- seeds of agony is legal currently in cc and in fact for a little while before they banned bringing a young hero to a cc event it was technically legal to play Young Chain with Seeds of Agony in your deck at CC events. I don't think anyone did, and I think people were like, yeah, Chain's good. He's not start with 20 less life Yeah, good, <laughs> even with Seeds of Agony. Like, that's not going to win you games. But right. y- Young Prism was good enough to beat Oldham's. So they were like, mm, this is kind of an awkward look. Like, we should probably make this against the rules. And so they did. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of... So that's really interesting. That band means... They reserve the. This is one of the most interesting things about this article for me. Yeah. Was that banned means, and some people were saying online that they already said this. Yeah. I um, think so. But banned means it's banned until we say it isn't. Like, ba- banned is like, don't expect it back anytime soon. Suspended, they give a, a date where it's like, like in, in Blitz, for example, they said Aether Ice Fane would be suspended until January 30th. And then they, they updated it in this article and were like, still suspended. It's still too good right now. Um, but yeah, banned is more Until like... Until March 20th. Okay. And then I'm guessing then they'll be like, also it's still suspended because Icelander is very good even without that card. Um, but yeah, banned is more like, we think this card just shouldn't be in the game. It's too strong. It's too overstated. Like Dustblade. Currently. Currently. Yeah, yeah. Could come back for sure. Yeah. Um, I would be... I think out of all, out of all the stuff they've banned so far, like... I feel like Belittle is probably on the level of like Drone of Brutality where it's like it breaks the oh, game come on. enough that like... That bad? Well, I'm just saying like Drone of Brutality is something where it's like I don't expect that to come back because it broke a fundamental rule of the game. And I feel like Belittle kind of does. Like it, it wasn't like so strong that it completely dominated the meta. But... Uh, well, it won the ProQuest season two. That's true. Or ProQuest, second ProQuest. It, it made Chain an already broken deck even that much stronger and more consistent. So... I, I think it's just like the I I don't really know. Belittle is so interesting because it's like I don't know what it has to do with Monarch. Like nothing else in Monarch is themed around three or less power attacks or tutoring, really. Mm. So it, it just feels like I don't even like just a random card they had in their back pocket that they were like, let's toss this in for limited. And I feel like they just didn't consider the fact that you could put different colors of minnowism in your deck and then find them and then just play a card that gained you pitch while also attacking. What do you think of this? Tell me. What if, what if belittle was a majestic Mm -hmm. that was yellow and minnowism was a rare that only came in red? It was just a yellow one for two and then the red one. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think they would have to ban it? No. I think it would have been... Like, if you can't search for a blue, you can only search for plus three damage. I think it would have been pretty good in chain. Like, I think it would have been solid in chain. Sure. Uh, but it would not really have had a place in Phi, because Phi had no interest in the red minimalism. Phi only played blue minimalism. Which and is just like... Yeah, and Brian says in the in the explanation that, like, 
it it's because it creates this weird like deck building strategy where you literally only need like how many blues are in your deck 15 or 16 i think 15 mm-hmm. that's pretty small it's low yeah because belittle was each one was tech was kind of a blue it's like if i even if i drew an all red hand i can pitch a red play belittle and then have a blue right it also sort of like... And he says, the trade-off between impact cards and cards that produce resources, belittle fetching blue minimalism allows decks to cheat on their resource base, increasing threat density, output consistency, and leading to less instances of interesting game states where players have to make the most of blue rich hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the kind of variance that adds to the dynamic ebbs and flows to gameplay that we like. Variance that doesn't allow you to even participate in the game is the kind of variance we are opposed to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and I think, I don't remember if it talked about, uh, yeah, it says it's featured prominently in Phi, Viserai, Briar, Katsu, and countless other heroes. Um, Bruise. I, oh, Bruise. Yeah, sorry. I'm far away from the computer. I, like, it just sort of is like, it's a, it's a, it's a generic too. So it just is like. You can put on anything. Yeah. Which is like not always bad. Like sink below goes in anything and that is great. But it's like when something can sort of go in any aggro deck. Because it also just means they have to, for the future, if this was still legal, if they're making an aggro deck, they would kind of need to balance it around how abusive can this deck get with belittle. And I think it's fine to get rid of it. I think it's a good thing. Okay. Um Winter's Whale is quite surprising. That one I was not really expecting. I mean, it's definitely a card that both of us have been like, how the fuck is this card a one-handed weapon? Like, it just doesn't... I have said that. It's just like... I think I've said it on the show. They made a two-handed weapon one-handed so Oldham could hold shields. And then they gave him an insanely good shield (laughs) in Everfest. Well, Um, it was a pretty good shield in Everfest, too. Or, excuse me, in Aria, too. Sure, yeah. Pay one to prevent one recursively, along with a headpiece that pays one to prevent one recursively. Both good. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Kind of broken in a little (laughs) bit. I mean, it's like, I think Brendan has described Oldham as having Drone of Brutality on his hero ability, Mm. which is like what it feels like sometimes. Just like a hero that can block forever. It's like he has infinite life compared to other decks. It does feel that way, yeah. Most decks have a limited amount, like, even counting all their armor and, like, recursive armor and blocking with every card in the deck, they have a limited amount of life, and Oldham doesn't. Mm -hmm. You can have infinite life. But it's interesting to target Winner's Whale. Yeah. Because you've got this guy who's pretty, pretty strong all around, and I think a lot of people were assuming it would be Crown of Seeds. Yeah. Because Crown of Seeds They already banned it in, in Blitz, or suspended it at least. Right. So why do you think they went with Winner's Whale and not Crown of Seeds? Well, we don't have to, I don't have to ask you. (laughs) Brian, one of the things I like about this, and this is what I'm trying to say about taking a more holistic look, is that I kind of want to look at what, having Brian write this rather than James, Mm. what it means for the game. and It's super interesting, yeah. And what he ended up writing. Because Mm. I think Brian's take on this is a little more, James is clearly a genius and a really nice dude Mm -hmm. and a guy who's very genuine. Mm -hmm. But I think James has a little bit more like defensiveness about his decisions. He he has more of like an artistic, like he's an artist, I think first and foremost. And also like, and also like not, it's not, not, not a defensiveness exactly, but like, I think I know what you mean. He like knows, he's like, I know why I'm doing this. You don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to, yeah. and instead of like, but he's like, I also don't really want to explain it to you because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of reason to explain it to you. Yeah. Sometimes when you're, we, we've like made this comparison or we've said this about, uh, 
Michael Hamilton, which is that like he's so good at the game that he almost like struggles to explain how he's thinking about it. Like sometimes Roger will be asking him questions on the show and he'll be like, I I don't know. It just is this. And it like, it clearly like makes sense to him so much that it's like hard to explain. I feel like I get a little bit of that vibe from James White as well, that he's like clearly so deep into the world of designing this game and has it like in his brain so much that when someone is like, can you explain why you're changing this? He's like, what do you mean? Of course I'm changing that. I have yeah, to fix yeah, that yeah. thing. And yeah. You know. What do you want to know? It's like if you ask a NASCAR driver, like why they're shifting and they'd be like, I had to, and I don't I think, know what you mean. <laughs> and I think the power of, or not the power, but I think what's interesting about Brian Gottlieb being involved is that he is somewhat of an outside. Like he's not in James White's head the way yeah. James White is. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's he's like, not even the full-time employee. He's like a, is he a contractor? I think he's a contractor consultant mm. kind of. Like, I'm not sure. That's what he said. That's what he said about it last time he, he talked about working there. Okay. Like maybe he's getting it. Yeah. Um and I think I think it's interesting for kind of an outsider, not someone who's not even technically on the employ, mm-hmm. um to write this. Because yeah. it, it yeah, yeah. he is a guy who has made his living commentating and, and com commentating on card games. That's true. So he's yeah, sort yeah. of a guy who knows what the audience and what the fans are going to ask for. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. He, he understands what it's like to be on the outside of a game looking at a meta and a, you know, a sort of the masses, what people are saying about the game, how they feel like what the feeling is on the ground or at events or whatever. And, you know, he said in on Twitter, um, when I asked about, um, do you think that it's, we're going to see like, how long do you think that we can stay balanced this way is what right. I was asking. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause it was, we're in this very, very balanced meta mm-hmm. and he was basically like, well, uh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. We work hard. I said, do you think this type of meta stability is possible to maintain for multiple sets in a row or will we, or will we inevitably see another Starvo type situation? Is that even desirable? Um, and he said, we work hard to try to head this off, but realistically speaking, it will happen again at some point. All we can do is stay learning and adapting and in non-rotating formats, I do think too much stability and predictability can be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, I agree. The players desire little of chaos. (laughs) Um, I didn't say that, but, um, but I think that is kind of, I think it's important to recognize that players don't always know what they want. Mm-hmm. Even me. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> even, I think that's true. Even yeah. Brian Gottlieb. But like, they're going to complain. And I think I think someone who's really emotionally invested in people liking the game and playing the game, you mean like, like James. James, sure. Yeah. Might have a reaction to be like, oh no, do I have to change this? Yeah. Or oh no, do we have to fix this? And mm-hmm. it, it's hard it's really hard to imagine having everything you do be like this sucks or this is a bad change uh-huh. or, and people liking it, but you know, just the internet is tough that way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You, I think is it's tough. really helpful to have someone like Brian mm-hmm. being there to be like, no, 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 people are going to be mad. And the, the meme he posted that I was replying to was people saying aggro is too strong now. Mm-hmm. And also people saying control is too strong. Yeah. And he's saying if those, are two complaints that we're getting 
that's good and we've done a good job it means things are kind of balanced yeah it's funny because i've just been thinking i've seen multiple people being like man i didn't like dynasty that much i wish we'd gotten more broken stuff like everfest like some people will be like i want the game to be broken because it's fun to play a broken deck when stuff is broken other people are like i want the game to be fair because i don't like playing against a broken deck you know what i mean and, and you can just like there's arguments for both. It's like, <laughs> well, but if, you if the like game is add, broken. If you sit those people down and be like, are you saying you want to play Yu-Gi-Oh? Mm-hmm. Like, are you saying you want to play a game where it's just like, whoa, I got the casino hand. I win the game before you get to play. Uh-huh. And they'll say, of course not. But it's like, that's what you're leading to if all of your all you're doing is playing broken cards. If the game becomes broken, yeah. Um, um. Not every hero should get powered up every set you sure know? Yeah, yeah like there should be cards you don't understand yet because mm-hmm. that's how flesh and blood has worked yeah what's really cool one of the coolest things about the game is that stubby hammers got banned yeah and people are like what a draft card from monarch <laughs> that i i used in my uh shiana combo for upf right like you could use it kind of but mm-hmm. it wasn't like wow this is so good yeah maybe but then, chain and commoner or something and if you couldn't afford a better arm piece i don't know but then it gets broken by some other design aspect and they mm-hmm. have the wherewithal to be like oh it always reminds me of a thing i met probably said this before but yeah somebody said i like how flesh and blood will put out a set and people will say it's lame or mm-hmm. it sucks yeah and then two months later someone finds something in the set that is absolutely broken and cracked and has a bunch of fun with it and changes the entire meta. And James White liked that Mm -hmm. because it's true. Like they designed stuff as little puzzles for you to figure for the community to figure out. And Mm -hmm. it's like nobody's people every single time a set comes out, people are like, well, this one didn't have anything to figure out. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like not, that's not. <laughs> it's ha- oh, like meta, two, sol- meta solved now. One week after it comes out, it's like yeah, we solved it already. It's yeah, like yeah. no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to say that Brian, um, this is something I don't think they would have done before. Mm-hmm. Is posting a. Par- two paragraphs about crown of seeds when they're not banning it right to be like to say we could have banned it we thought about we it. know what we're doing this is why we didn't do it mm-hmm. and this is why we don't think it needs to be mm-hmm. um we this is what how we got around th- didn't, it. didn't they say something about they said given internal testing as well as cards releasing in outsiders we believe crown of seeds should remain part of classic construction <laughs> at this time yeah which that's very interesting because that does that mean that crown of seeds will be necessary for Oldham to compete against riptide that makes me wonder if there's some kind of like recursive damage or like damage i've been over telling time. you motherfuckers of course that, like toxic damage i or think poison there's gonna be some sort of toxic damage that's like every, the beginning of your action phase you take one damage and then crown of seeds could like respond to that trigger and prevent the damage or something yeah and maybe briar will want to use it too i guess she'll be ll'd maybe Who maybe knows? she has to win a lot of stuff so, i mean proquest are only giving two points now so it's like if she doesn't win a calling or a battle hardened and certainly has not won a, the last three battle hardens, Oldham won all of them. She wins PT three. Sure. If she wins, if she wins a calling or she wins a battle hardened yeah, or a pro tour. She yeah. hasn't. She hasn't yet. So she's not living legend. Yeah. So, you know, they're doing a lot of stuff and they're also saying like, Hey, not the time to brand crown of scenes. Yeah. And also like, and they do also mention that it's a legendary and they're like, that's sort of a factor that it's like people, you know, they put effort and money into acquiring legendaries. It feel, feels good to open them. And yes. I think that's something that's interesting about this ban is that they didn't, they banned 
a majestic, a couple majestics, I guess, but that cost $3. So it's like at worst you're out three bucks. And I almost wonder if this was a sort of like discovery where they were like, let's try taking out crown of seeds and see how Oldham does. And they were testing it. And someone was like, wait, what if you just banned winter's whale instead? What happens yeah. to those decks? Definitely. Because I don't know. Crown of seeds is good. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, that they say we are not blind to the fact that a tremendous portion of Oldham's power lies in the card filtration and damage prevention of Crown of Seeds. Certainly in many scenarios, Crown of Seeds would have hit the bench in Classic Instructed some time ago, much like it has in the Blitz format. Mm-hmm. However, we recognize that, it, and then he talks about the legendary. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we'll always do what's best for the health of the game when it comes to the ban of sus- suspended announcements, but we will exercise a greater degree of caution when it comes to legendary ban- bans, and we absolutely view them as a last resort. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a good thing. I, I the don't. The precedent should be like the legendary has to be breaking the format in half. I think banding, ban I think banding Storm Striders was a dark moment. And yeah, I agree. ended up not being necessary. It also didn't even like help that much, right? <laughs> yeah. Because Icelander was it still the best deck. Kano. They were just like, okay, we'll run Snapdragon, snap the E-Strike. We can still play on the opponent's turn. It just made Kano unplayable. And they were like, shit, we should ban other cards that are broken. <laughs> Not Storm Striders. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. about One thing I like about this band and suspended is that it feels like they're experimenting a lot. Like they're doing stuff that they would not have done before because I don't think there's much of an argument to be had that uh, Winter's Will was a lot more broken and meta defining in the Starvo meta. When Starvo was yeah. like half of the meta, every pro quest, the winners were Starvo mirrors. Like everyone was playing it. One of the great things about that deck was Winter's Whale and the four damage for a blue and a frostbite. And they didn't ban it then. They banned other cards. And I think they just like at the time were like, let's tweak Starvo by banning Autumn's Touch. And they banned <laughs> Awakening because Awakening was absurd. Um, but I think they're just starting, they're like taking a, a harsher hand. Maybe like inspired by the fact that they could take a harsh hand to Blitz sometimes and people still, like they banned the Kano combo. They banned Aether Wildfire. They banned a lot of cards from Icelander. They banned Hyperthermia and Aether Ice Vein. Both of those decks are still very playable. Icelander may be still the best deck in Blitz or one of the best decks. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they were sort of inspired by that and were like, hey, if we just ban like a very central, like common or majestic or rare from a deck, A, it doesn't like break the bank for people to, to replace it. And B, we've seen that the deck can still function. So let's shake things up and see what people can do. Because Oldham, I feel like, in some ways, he's he feels like the most banned man in Flesh and Blood. It's like they've from <laughs> what's happened so far. They banned Awakening in Blitz. They banned Crown of Seeds. Now they banned Winter's Whale. Yeah. They you know Elemental Guardian in general. If you count Starvo and banning Autumn's Touch, they banned Pulse. It's Pulse, back. It's Pulse back, is though. like one of the best cards in the deck. And uh, I don't know. It's like every time they ban stuff, it's like oh no, Pulse. His Oldham suck. And it's like, no, actually, Oldham can be fine. He just builds Pulse it in a different Eisenloft. way. Pulse of Eisenloft. Yeah, sorry. Um, so it sort of feels like, you know, maybe there's just certain heroes that whatever you ban, their hero ability and their card pool is still good, and they can just kind of figure out, like, what to do. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be, uh, I don't know. I think Winter's Whale really hurts Oldham. And yeah, I, it's hard to imagine him still topping top mates. And it's funny. Well, the thing that worries me is that people have been saying they're like, now there's like less reason to make an Oldham that's like in the middle, like kind of like mid range and can like play more aggro or play more defensive. People are like, now you kind of want to build Oldham either very aggro or just super defensive. Like there's an Oldham list 
going around that I think someone won a ProQuest with and people are like playing sometimes where you run a lot of life gain cards. You run like Sunkiss and Sigil and like Blessing of Patience. Do so you, you run Moonwish? No, no Moonwish, just Sunkiss. <laughs> so you basically have like 50 life and then you have more Earth cards and you Earth React uh -huh. and you just like can fatigue and set up a win condition and crush people that way. And that like arguably that's where you have to lean if you don't have winter's whale because you don't have like a disruptive attack so you got to just like gain a lot of life and we'll see it's like they might have just accidentally incentivized like an even more annoying way of playing oldham like i think to me personally there's nothing more annoying in the game than having a game drawn out towards fatigue and also possibly towards just like the clock like if someone sits down and is like i'm gonna play oldham and gain a bunch of life and you're forced to play super fast to not run out of time very annoying. Makes me wish there was a way to like extend the time for rounds. Makes right. me wish that there were heroes that just died faster. I don't know. I don't know what I wish exactly because there's no perfect solution, but very annoying. And I hope we don't become like toxic life gain. Oldham mirror is the meta. <laughs> yeah. Just stand there. Like it just feels really annoying when you're just doing 20 like turns where you do like 20 damage and mm -hmm. they take one. Yeah. Like it's I like, did that I did that to the Oldham at really? ProQuest. Oh, he like was, played staunch and I, he I had like a and... I had like a I had like a three card channel Mount Heroic turn mm -hmm. where it was just like seven, 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 Rosetta. He took one. That's crazy. And it's just like what what did he play? Do I do? Unmovable? Staunch response? I don't even remember. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look crazy. Earth react, ice react. I'm not, know. this is, I mean, I'm not good at playing all of them. Sure, Maybe sure. I could have done that some other time. I'm just not sure. No, no, it's crazy but sometimes. It's, that's yeah. just, that's something I dislike maybe more than anything mm -hmm. in the game. It's just like, okay, what am I supposed to do if not hit you? Yeah. Like, is there, a, is there a secret third thing I can be doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, Save up damage for an even bigger hit? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's very weird. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. I think... I trust the Manor podcast, mm -hmm. you know, that I... You know, they seem to be pretty like, this really fucks up Oldham. Yeah, they um, were like, Oldham... Uh, some people have said Oldham is, will be okay. Like, yeah, Manor, Roger was like, Oldham is Arachne tier now. <laughs> Right. I don't know. I, I think was also surprised Roger is a, he says things hyperbolically sometimes. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. Um, it's hard. To, yeah, that's the thing. Nobody knows yet because no one's had time to really practice. So we're living in an unknown. And meta. as we always say, anytime they ban anything, everyone jumps ship. That's true. Regardless. Pe people assume the deck sucks now. It happened to Fi. Mm -hmm. And Fi is very clearly was still great with Belittle, but they banned Stubby Hammers and then there was a period of like a full month where people just like weren't playing. They're like, nah, Fi sucks now. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, no, wrong, incorrect. And it's everyone who said that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's like, learn from that. Right. And people are saying that about Icelander. Like I've seen people be like, I think Icelander got hit the worst. And it's weird because this yeah, article. Of course, everybody's going to say that the person they like got hit the worst or, you know, sure. Whatever yeah, yeah. they're going to have, everyone's going to have different opinions. We won't know until yeah. we get to really until we get to the calling, mm -hmm. which will happen pretty soon. Um, yeah. I will say if there's one thing that is disappointing about how this all shakes out, okay. um, like I, I get, I get it that they have, they've said they don't want to ban cards for individual decks. And I get that because it's like, the idea of being like, okay, if you're playing Icelander, you can't play Amulet of Ice. But if you're playing Lexi or 
uh, Oldham, you can. This card is banned in X deck, but not Y deck. I get that they would rather just suspend a card blanket, but it does suck that this is like the second time that Lexi has gotten like a stray has caught a stray in yeah. bands where she was not abusing. <laughs> what does it fuck me for? <laughs> what does it fuck me for? <laughs> Say fuck Briar. <laughs> First ball lightning was banned. And so suddenly lightning Lexi is like, basically not a viable Trash, archetype because yeah. there's not that many lightning cards in the first place ball lightning is clearly the best one alongside maybe lightning press and surge at this point now it's like you can run lightning press you can run lightning surge you can run heaven's claws just to have a lightning card in your deck but it doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. um and then now amulet is banned and lexi was a deck that could make good use of it it was very powerful it was a way of taking cards out of your opponent's hand that otherwise could just be used to smash your poor face in that can barely block like, once again, Lexi has had a card banned from the deck through no fault of her own. And I think that's, it's a shame. But I think Lexi is still in a good spot. That's also the danger of making the sort of really cool draftable format mm. of like, yeah. you know, having people who are earth and ice and then ice and lightning and mm. lightning and earth. Um, I hadn't thought about that for the for outsiders. There might be some situations where it's, it's like, like. If there's some, you know, if, if the frailty curse is, or disease is. Uh, arachne and riptide mm-hmm. like it's very possible riptide is going to be fucking broken yeah and then Arach- young arachne will suffer which won't be as bad because he won't be a cc hero mm-hmm. um, yeah true that i feel like that's going to happen or ninja you know it's like ninja you know it, if people are right and and ice decks have gotten a lot worse and suddenly oldham isn't like a meta gatekeeper maybe katsu becomes really good and then he gets going to get new cards and maybe like new specializations and then get busted or there's going to be mm-hmm. like a assa- uh, assassin ninja card that all of a sudden katsu is breaking in half i don't know yeah it's 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 dangerous because yeah. you really have to balance stuff in a, and they've done a good job i mean they're they're i don't know i don't know how much it feels like i haven't played i haven't been in another game before so i can really only say from flesh and blood but sure. like it feels like they haven't banned to ban too much. No, not really. I don't think so. It's like they're they're banning stuff. I saw some takes, like some people on Twitter who like didn't have an avatar were like, I just bought into Oldham. This is so fucking annoying. I don't want to play this game now. <laughs> like there's always gonna be people who are like pissed that you had to ban stuff. So but I think the fact that the last three battle hardens that have happened, including one today, the finals was an Oldham mirror. And also the yeah. pro- the ProQuest uh-huh. stats where it was like in week one, it was like Oldham was the third or fourth most played deck, and he got the most wins. Like it's just weird because I didn't, I didn't know. Like yeah. I, I feel like I keep my finger on the pulse of this game pretty, pretty closely, and it just, I think everyone was sort of like, oh yeah, I guess he is sort of dominant. Is Oldham good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is good, but it's like, it kind of felt like just good players were playing them because it was open and they could that's kind of how i felt yeah did you uh and did, i still i'm not sure that's not true yeah i, think, I guess it's like i guess it must be because of the conversion rate the conversion here. at proquest yeah did you listen to the new uh, arsenal pass by chance not that i, I want to i haven't checked do a free ad for another podcast but there's Look, a funny we love all the podcasts. we love we love arsenal pass unlike folks. certain other podcasts logan Derek, <laughs> we do have free ads that's actually true uh <laughs> check out arsenal pass for only 10.99 <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway what i wanted to say is um they were talking about the bands on the new episode. I was listening to it yesterday and uh, Brendan was like, yeah, you know, people have been saying online before these bands that this is a really open meta and everyone was viable. And Hayden was like, those people are delusional. 
And I was kind of really? surprised. That's what he said. And it was like sort of like Hayden is a pretty like even keeled kind of guy. So for him, he wasn't like pissed or anything, but he was just saying <laughs> no, it like but emphatically. He was like, those people are delusional. It's not. It's, it was not open. And I think what is inter- it's interesting because like. I feel like they were saying that just a couple of weeks ago that it was kind of open. I, well, I think what they were. I remember them talking about this at the Battle Hardened. Like Brendan was saying like, you know, it's an open meta in the sense that people are playing a lot of decks. Like the Battle Hardened when we mm. went in New Jersey all kinds of decks were there. It was pretty open field, but there were no Azaleas or Lexis or Boltons or Dorinthias, you know, in top eight. There was of no, course, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's like in the top eight. There was Dash, Icelander, Oldham, and Fi. And a Briar, I think. And Battle Hardened leads, I think it was five Oldham, three Icelander. Ugh. So it's like when you give like, and it just sort of, when you think about it, it makes sense. It's like, you go to an armory and it's three rounds. If you want to win, you got a 3-0 and then win the playoff or just 3-0 or something. I think it just felt really open and no one knew what to do until the pro quests. Like pe- people were just sort of playing decks they wanted to play and um, not a ton of people wanted to play Oldham, but some did. I and guess then- looking back, it was sort of like people were like, I hope I dodge Oldham. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're not going to if you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's also just like what people like the meta is what people choose to play. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going to be actually like the best deck is more played or the worst deck is less played. Right. Like, but I, a, I think that's must've been how it worked in other games. Right. Because possibly, like, yeah. I feel like people look at the spread of what everyone did play mm-hmm. and it's like, look at how open. Yeah. But then yeah. when you look at the winnings, it's like, Oh, it's all ice. Yeah. It's like Oldham or like certain decks are, uh, are all winning. There was an interesting thing that uh, I saw Yenji say on Twitter a little while ago when someone was talking about like the top eight data and like what uh, was happening in the meta. And he said, yeah, um, he said week one of the skirmish season season before Viz banned, he was 16.5% of the field, 15% wins. Kasai 13.5% of field, 10% of wins. Format was wildly imbalanced. Stats lie. Which I thought was interesting that it's like, this is when Viscerai was like so clearly broken in the best deck. And it like speed ran through the skirmish season by the end. Right. And maybe like as it went on, people realized like, oh, this deck's broken. You can win on turn one and started playing it more. But it's like week one, it was only 3% less people playing Kasai. Not yeah. broken. Not a broken deck in any way. <laughs> so I thought I mean, that was really interesting. Broke. I mean, that's after Everfest. Yeah. A yeah. good deck for sure. It, in, felt, it feels pretty tough. In when aggro. She gets a good blood, blood on her hands turn mm-hmm. off. Um, but yeah, it's like there's a lot of desire to like play your favorite hero and it's like it was more you were more able to especially locally if there weren't a ton of like oldham mains that showed up to armories maybe there was one oldham at the armory and you could beat them and so you're like i'll play the deck i want to play i'll play the deck i want to play at a pro quest yeah i mean that's how i felt and mm-hmm. that's why i was so like honestly if i had known what i know now mm-hmm. and it, i just don't really know how i would have gleaned this unless i was like in that's like go to testing circles with people and teams I'm not in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You mean to figure out that Oldham was good or like was by really good? By far the best mm-hmm. or so much that they needed to ban stuff from sure. him. Uh, I don't think we had that thought, right? I mean, I think after Worlds, like this is what I thought. I, I was After Worlds, I was like, I think Oldham, Icelander, and Fi are the S tier decks. Like those are the three strongest decks. Right. And uh, it started it started, started to feel just like Icelander was a little better than Oldham, had a better meta position, and didn't really have bad matchups, but Fi was also really good. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I think Icelander and Fi are S tier. Oldham maybe is just A tier, like not S tier anymore. And I was, I guess, wrong about that. 
Oldham was still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's hard to really know. Yeah, and then um, last thing is that they banned hypothermia and amulet of ice. I guess we kind of mentioned this. Sure. We didn't say hypothermia. Hypothermia, I just don't see how is that impactful because mm, yeah. it really only work, is important against like Dash and a couple other decks that aren't the Briar? top decks. Briar. Briar got a lot um, better after these bans, yeah. Briar better. Um, yeah. And also like like Hamilton was only running two and like consider, at worlds, yeah, at yeah. worlds and like still considering like, do we put another one in or not? It's like, mm-hmm. it's so situational. Um, yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens with Icelander after this and Oldham. I mean, really all these decks, because it's like as a five player, it's not like the deck falls apart without belittle. Amulet device is an incredible card and it did feel unfair. It's pretty, and it's I get, pretty, it's pretty I good. get why they don't want her to have it because it's just, it costs nothing to mm-hmm. put out. And if you have this and one, insidious chill at the end you take their whole hand yeah it's, it's really over. really powerful it's just over it's a really powerful it's like, effect oh you wanted to block some of this too bad yeah you are taking all nine of this to the face yeah or whatever i you don't know i guess you could play an oasis respite in response to those triggers right because you could target uh aetherized vein even before it resolves and prevent the damage i think i could be wrong i think you can do that though yep so there's one yes. there's like one way i guess you could play arena's prayer because that just like prevents the next x arcane Please damage don't right <laughs> don't arcane me to death yeah but there's so many different sources mm. right because you're gonna i guess that's true they could waiting moon you, you first if it's i if it's ice eternal mm-hmm. and you have frost hexes yeah yeah then Man, many sources that's true maybe you you take four off of uh whatever the dang ice eternal is but then you're still taking the frost hexes. Yeah. Um, it's tough. And yeah. it, and I get I get that one. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely sucks for Icelander players because it's just like now it's much even harder yeah. to get through. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. And Michael sounded like he wasn't going to play Icelander. Yeah. I was actually really surprised about that because I my assumption was like Michael Hamilton would be like, well, these cards are good, but here's why I think Icelander still beats up on these decks. What it kind of what he sounded like was basically like, Icelander used to have no bad matchups and now she has some like because he because he was like Dromai was a little tricky which is I think it's very funny that when like someone's a savant at a deck a matchup that's like a nightmare they're like yeah it's a little hard it's hard like the way <laughs> the way Yuki used to talk about Lexi into Prism was like eh, it's not so bad it's winnable it's 50 50 and it's like sometimes it does not feel 50 50 when they have like a Genesis and a Shimmers of Silver on the board and you're like I guess I'll shoot one of those, deal you zero damage, end my turn, and then take fucking a Herald to the face. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like now Dash is pretty hard for Icelander. You kind of have to hope to dodge Dash. And I think it is a good thing to make sure that every deck has some bad matchups. Like it's It, it can be a weird thing about this game that you really feel like you're having to walk into a roulette kind of table and hope that you don't land on your bad matchup. But you also just, it, it'd be bad if there's a, it's bad if there's decks that are like, we have no bad matchups. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the problems that with Oldham was that like Oldham and Icelander felt like they could really tech for any matchup. They could be great at the mirror. They could beat aggro. They could beat control. They could kind of beat anything. Right. So if decks have more bad matchups, it incentivizes playing different decks. It incentivizes experimenting, trying weird stuff out. I think it helps. Yeah. So everything feels even more open and strange now i feel like we're gonna have an aggro meta mm-hmm. uh mm. i don't think the <laughs> i don't think the control is gonna be un. it's not gonna be invisible 
we're mm-hmm. gonna it's, we're gonna see these decks still guardian is just, still a great class like i think if old even if oldham sucks like bravo it's bravo's time to shine now but what i think is interesting is what what they want because brian mm-hmm. says mm. To, to end this, but what Brian says here, it says, if this were the first season of dominance for Oldham, Iceland, or five, perhaps we'd be inclined to look the other way and allow the metagame time to adapt. After all, we're not in a three-deck metagame, and none of these heroes have play rates that are problematic. Mm. At this point, however, things simply feel stagnant. Furthermore, we recognize that our ice heroes can occasionally create polarizing experiences where one player has an inordinate amount of control over the flow of the game. It's important that these strategies remain viable in flesh and blood, but we do not blame anyone for wanting to play against a few less frostbites for a while. Now that's sort of weird to me because Brian also said on Twitter, like they definitely also were dominant. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, play rates that are probably says they, none of them have play rates that are problematic, but it kind of seems like they did. Too. I guess meaning like, maybe like it's it's more clear something should be banned if it's like 60 percent of the field or something maybe what they right. mean that it's like in this case um it's not like every single person was playing them and i think that was part of the thing is that like older men especially icelander you needed to be really highly skilled at the deck to play it well and to win so not everyone was bringing it but the people that were and that were good at the deck were crushing pro quests and they were crushing other decks and it's like Hayden said, like people were a little delusional and they were like, yeah, the meta is wide open. Like uh, other decks can, can compete. You know, Azalea can be good. You could play right. Dorinthia. Like Dorinthia won, you know, a lot, a lot of heroes won ProQuest. Like Arachne won a ProQuest. I think Dory won some. Lexi won some. But none of them won at nearly as many as Oldham or Icelander. Yeah. But I think what's important is is that they are going to try and make the game interesting yeah. over everything. Mm-hmm. Like if people feel like, I don't know, I, this is kind of boring. Like if they think that's what's happening, then they're going to shake it up. For sure. Yeah. And that's weird. It's, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I don't know if people love that. Like I think some people, I think a lot of people who play card games have this feeling like they should just do what's best. Mm, or, yeah. And it's like, well, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? It's not chess. Like it's got to be a little <laughs> wild and crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they want it to be not stagnant. They want people to have puzzles to solve. That's mm-hmm. the point of the game, I think. Yeah. Is that they they create stuff, they create products, where the point is is figuring out what the best thing is. Mm-hmm. And if you're not figuring out what the best thing is, then we're gonna change it. Yeah. And I see that. I can mm-hmm. I can see that. Um. I have no idea. Who do, what, who do you think will be at the calling top eight? Calling top eight. Um, I think we will definitely see. I think we'll see Dash. I think we'll see Bravo. I think we'll probably still see, see at least one Fi, and maybe Icelander. Maybe Oldham. No Oldham. Maybe Oldham. I mean, he's still good. I don't know. It's hard, really hard to say. It's also like there's not really a ton of time beforehand to like make an audible like change so it's like if you've been practicing a lot of oldham and you know you lose winter's whale and hypothermia are you like let's just toss in titan's fist test a little bit tweak the deck and then bring that i don't know i uh dual wield titan's fist <laughs> if only you were allowed oh yeah, you could dual wield titan's fist you can yeah yeah what do you <laughs> what do you mean if only you're allowed i, I thought you, I, I was thinking you meant dual wield shields which you're not allowed to do why it just in the rules you can't have two offhand 
equipment. Mm. I guess the idea is that it's in one hand. <laughs> dual wield shields. Yeah, double. But you can deal dual wield Titan's fist. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would. I don't know. Imitate a Kadachi. Give yourself a quicken token. Play lead the charge and then play something with go again and then swing them both. <laughs> yeah, quicken tokens. Yeah, that would suck. That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's all the news that's fit to print. Mm -hmm. um, really what I want, f I, I think that it's fine. It all is to say, yeah. I think they're doing a great job communicating. I think that's what's really cool, that they're doing a really good job communicating and they're doing a good job shaping things. Um, and I don't know, to me, it's not that big of a deal for it to be, a you know, three to four to five to six months where things don't change that drastically. I agree. But if yeah. they want it to be that way, fine, I don't care. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I, I, yeah. I, I saw the take that it's like people were like, this is weird because part of the reason the meta stayed stagnant is that Dynasty came out and didn't change the meta. So I think Brendan was saying that. It was Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, oh yeah, D Brendan was like, "Is Dynasty the least impactful set?" Which like, it impacted the a lot of decks. It just didn't impact the best decks. That's right. They stayed the best, so the meta didn't, it didn't really change. Take, it didn't take a mid deck and changed into an S tier deck. To a broken deck. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> considering that basically every set before had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It I was, think it's it was fair. a surprise for people, but I, I think it's totally fine for that. I to think it's cool that what Dynasty did is made a lot of the bottom tier decks mid. Yeah. And, and that's cool. Ranger that's a way. I think. I agree. I think that's, I that, think that's saying, a better thing to do. Well, I think saying that it's not impactful is like implies that if it's not going to win the pro tour, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that that's not true. And it, 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 it belies a very specific outlook mm -hmm. on you play this game to win. You play this game to play at the highest levels of competition. And the weird thing about Flesh and Blood right now is that it is in this space where people, the peop the vast majority feels like that are playing it are playing kind of because they want to go to Pro Tour, mm. you know, um, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, I don't think that's how it was for a lot of other card games like a lot of other card games start being like we'll get people to play at their kitchen table right and yeah. flesh and blood was like we're going to start a pro tour yeah the first thing we want to do is have a pro tour yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think it's good for the life of the game but it's sort of in a weird position now where they're like okay and now we'll give you they haven't given us pve mm -hmm. but they're starting to be like this is kind of some stuff for it it's kind of it's feeling necessary for people who aren't pro tour Right, but it feels like the players. vast majority of the base of players are like, what is this dog shit? Right. I don't care. I want to win the Pro Will Tour. Will it win the Pro Tour? And it's yeah. like, no. <laughs> um, and I think that's fine, but it's like, it. I think we need, I don't know. Do you think we're going to see anything for PvE before Outsiders? Mm, I'd be surprised. I don't really think so. I My only we keep getting weird announcements. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing we haven't mentioned this episode and we're going long, mm -hmm. but they also announced uh history pack blitz decks. Yeah. Those are, those seem very cool. Totally random product, which is now every single hero in the game has a blitz deck and mm -hmm. they're all designed by Brian Gottlieb. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah. It means um, there's going to be blitz decks in foreign languages for the first time, like those and then outsiders, which is, that's really cool because being able to buy a couple of blitz decks to just like jam the game with your friends, I think is huge for getting into the game. Yeah. And they're 
hopefully going to be really nicely balanced, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Um, I feel like if I had bought a box of history pack and tried to play the game, I'd be like, what do I do? What the fuck is all this? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I said when I played the blitz decks too, but at least I was like, I guess I attack with these weapons and play these <laughs> cards. Like, yeah, you need some guidance. Um, and I think, uh, I just feel like there's so many new products coming out. And then they also said the that professor has a product. I was right? going to say they, yeah, they yeah, also sorry. said that the professor's product will be Q1. Really? I think. Did okay. they say Q1 or Q2? I don't remember that. I, I think the professor said that when he was being interviewed by Kel. Mm. Was it Kel? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, On YouTube. That it was coming, that it's not a deck box and that you'll find out about it soon. Q1, Q2 or something. So if, it's Q2, cool. if it's Q2, it won't be before Outsiders. If it's mm. Q1, it might be. I mean, it yeah. might just be like. We'll see. Coming this summer, here's all the information. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I don't think it's going to be a set. Mm. That's what I personally believe. The professor? I'd be surprised if he made a whole set. Well, yeah. I also don't think PVE is going to be a set. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I don't know what PVE is going to be. But yeah, I think you're right. It's, I think it's going to be like a box. Mm-hmm. Not a not a deck box, but a, like a... Like a, like a deck. A, like a classic battles. A, a, bo- a board game, maybe. Like a map and a deck and some pieces and stuff. And, that's and then you, you can play your car, your your other kinds of decks with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, that's my guess. I mean, considering they've already been putting out cards like Yoji, where on the website it says like, use party. Yoji in your campaign and he'll heal your party. Like, they're already putting stuff for PvE. It's gonna be a kind of fucking D&D type thing. Yeah, yeah. They've been putting PvE stuff in main sets. So I don't think they're going to make a separate set for PVE. If they were, they wouldn't have had to print any of this stuff in the main sets. I think it's just going to come out and be like, make a party. You can play with this many people. Here's how you do it. Here's how you make a campaign. Here's a campaign to play. But whatever the product is, I think it's probably going to be related to PVE. Mm. You think, oh, the professors. professors. That's interesting. Professor is a commander guy. Right. He's a casual type guy. He's the casual commander uh Mm-hmm. multiplayer guy merfolk i think that, around yeah having fun i think that they my guess is after classic battles him giving it a c mm. they were like we cannot release pve without a stamp of approval from this guy yeah it yeah. would be suicide yeah and i think they were like all right you tell us what to do yeah because why not yeah yeah why just like hire him make it great Mm-hmm. You clearly do a good job with the deck box thing. Everyone likes your product. Come on over. Mm-hmm. And that's my guess. Yeah. My guess is that it's going to be the premier preview product and it will come with like a stamp of a fucking approval mm-hmm. of like the professor giving a thumbs I up. I can't rate this product, but it's, I made it. So hopefully you like it. Yeah. So it's good. It's so it's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I can see that. That's my guess. Mm. Otherwise, what else would it be? Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, my my if theory it's not, was that if it's, like, it's not blitz decks. Mm-hmm. Brian Gottlieb made those, right? If it's not history pack, that's already out. Yeah. What else have we gonna? What else have we ever been anticipating? I like this what idea. Ever said? My idea is that it's another classic battles type thing. That because he gave that a bad rating, they were like, "You definitely understand." Like the new player to Flesh and Blood, maybe the player who already plays Magic, we're kind of deep in the world of Flesh and Blood. That that was my theory. Is that maybe it's just like another like beginner level product, or or maybe like intermediate level product. It could be, yeah. but I like your idea. They've already sure. kind of done that. Mm-hmm. and they've done one but having, they could do it having him on to be like we'll tweak it so that you spend a little extra money on a booklet and like 
you know, mm-hmm. um, including a matters thing. I don't think that's really his area of expertise is like making the package a little nicer. Sure. Because I feel like that was his big problem. It was too expensive and it was pretty bare bones. Yeah. And that's a pretty easy fix. Sure. I think the big thing that would be his, his expertise would be needed was what do we want from multiplayer? Yeah. And that's what everyone wants to know. So that's what I'm guessing. And I'm hoping we get it announced. I would love for it to be announced next month mm. because we've got a whole month where nothing happens. Yeah. March 4th is Outsiders uh, preview season. Right. We get to find out about the cards. So February, we get a calling and that's it. That's true. And no new cards still. So it's like better hope this change in the meta is good and like worth yeah. playing or whatever. We get it. We get two callings in February and maybe some more battle hardens. I'd probably somewhere. I'd love to see some like, here's what PV is. Here's what th- we've got the professor working on it. Spoiler season for it comes out June. Yeah. Or whatever. March, April, May comes yeah. out in May. It'd be cool. That would be cool. I think that's what, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong. LSS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> release something else or just release nothing and prove Brenda wrong. I right. Guess. All right. Sorry this one is so long. I'm sure you hate us for giving you too much content. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm sure the Living Legend podcast is like, hold my beer. Try going two hours. Yeah. Try going two hours. This is baby shit. shit that we fucking hate. <laughs> Shout um, out to them. No one can marathon a podcast with the Living Legend voice. <laughs> I love that episode. It was a yeah. fun episode. Yeah. I want to hear it. Um, last thing uh alex from lss the new hire marketing guy oh yeah um confirmed that in some regions outsiders will not be paper packs and that hurts but it was clarified that it was because it was made uh history pack was made in europe history Mm -hmm. pack 2 was made in europe and designed to be distributed in europe Mm -hmm. and though that factory has the paper packs and Mm -hmm. other factories in the country that they use Mm -hmm. don't and they are trying to get them updated to have them yeah and they will at least for the next set every single one of them will be paper pack but not now so they're trying to switch completely over to paper packs but it's not ready yet because of factories that's totally understandable and i think it's totally fine and i'm glad they just came out and said that because You don't want people complaining for thinking that they're going back to it because yeah, they yeah. just say what you, and this is what I'm saying. I think having people like Brian Excuse and me. Alex and people who know how to communicate, mm-hmm. that's really important because to me, it's great. Those are really important things like the quality of the games. You don't want to feel like they're going backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to feel like they don't care. They didn't hear you as because the community yeah. loved them like everyone was raving i'm sure they got all the feedback but They're if you don't best, yeah. if you don't say we hear you we're switching over we fucked up you know the, the factories we'll never change back yeah whatever you know that i think the the communication of saying this is how we want the product we hit a m- little bump where mm-hmm. in some regions they didn't even necessarily say america they just couldn't put it on the thing for all of the Right. Right. Yeah, because that was how you... Because it's... Co- the alarm bells were when the product release sheet, you were like, it doesn't have the little paper thing that says paper packs. Right. Maybe they just always do, and they're just, uh, they, there was no need to say yeah, it. Yeah, and people but, were like, rule of threes, uh, uh, after the third one, you don't have to say it. But no, that's not the case. They were they were admitting tacitly that they might not have paper. It is coming out in Spanish, Italian, German, 
and French mm-hmm. and English. Very cool. That's five languages. It's incredible. Some of those places won't have paper packs. I don't know if that means the English ones won't. He didn't say. Don't pester him. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, but we'll see. If it doesn't have paper packs, I'm not going to complain because it means they're trying. They haven't been able to do that. The other packs fully. aren't the worst. It's, it'll be fine to play draft with some worse packs. We'll complain about it. I was it. looking forward. We'll to, get over it. I was looking forward to more paper packs, a new set with paper packs. If it's not in English, then boohoo. But I'm happy for the Europeans. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for the new players who get the paper pack. So cool. That just means from now on after Outsiders. I have a feeling Outsiders is going to be my favorite set. You think so? Of all time. I think it's going to, it's going to be cool. Um, So it would just, it's just going to be that little bittersweet that something that will probably be my favorite set. Uh, and one I actually want to draft won't have paperback. Sure. I, I'm hoping that the English one gets it. But Hopefully it will. It'll be cool. Fingers if it, crossed. If it, fingers crossed. Yeah. It'd be cool if it doesn't at first and then eventually it does. And then you're like, finally paper again. From <laughs> yeah. A favorite set. Let's do a draft fellas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's that's, cool. that's, I just wanted to thank Alex and everyone at LSS for mm-hmm. clearly continuing to try to be better at communicating and marketing and PR or however you want to say it. They clearly are putting a lot of um, effort mm-hmm. and time in getting people on board who know how to communicate. Um, and yeah, doing a great job, everybody. Mm-hmm. Keep killing it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say? I think we should wrap it up. We don't want to keep our people waiting forever. <laughs> For the end of the episode. They got to yeah. get to their other podcast. They got to get to their other. Po- I know you have a lot of podcasts to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been Banish Zone. Mm-hmm. I'm Bryn. I'm Chris. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Banish Zone and at Blue Plunder Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Chris's at. That's a me. Um, I keep wanting to say Patreon. That's not a thing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do hang out with us in the Discord. Discord's fun. Um I've started taking orders for box breaks there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want me to open on YouTube live, um, just you can just go on the Discord, say hey. Um, yeah, ask me there and we'll figure it out. Um, you can still use the form if you'd mm-hmm. like. Um, but just we're we're hanging out in the Discord. So so it's a cool place. It's a fun time. Um, I think that's all the plugs. You can listen to my other show about movies. It's called Generation Loss. Um, until next time, you are banished. You're banished. Banished.